0: Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And today we are gonna focus on a principle, a concept that I talked about several episodes ago, actually back in episode 112. And to nutshell that episode for you, was about Warren Buffett, one of the richest people on the planet, and his business partner, Charlie uh, Munger. And Charlie Munger, basically, one of his philosophies was, hey, listen, a great way to have success is to simply avoid the wrong things. Identify everything that you wouldn't wanna do and then just not do them. And by logic, well, if you're not doing the things that would prevent success, then that gives you, I mean, not a guaranteed, but a, a highly likely chance to have success, right? Identify the bad things that would prevent you from success. Avoid doing those things and hey, you very well may have success. And he called that just, you got to invert, right? Kind of look at things from the opposite way. And that's what I want to do here is I want to look at a situation and just say, you know what, do the opposite. Don't do what this couple has chosen to do. And it's unfortunate. So I'm not saying this in a, you know, looking down on these people, but they just played it the wrong way. And that's the whole goal of this podcast and the Money With Clay, you know, site is, to just inform people so that they don't go this far in one direction, because once you get to a certain extent, you have very limited choices. Now, I would say that these people can still get things turned around. It sounds like they're finally waking up to just how silly and just how anti—you know—productive, you know, counterproductive they've been behaving. Uh, but. Like I said, let's use the Charlie Munger. And again, Charlie Munger is also worth a lot of money. It just because somebody's worth a lot of money doesn't mean that you just blindly follow them. But like I said, I think the logic is pretty, pretty brilliant, actually. Hey, if you want to have success, avoid the things that would prevent success and then just don't do those things. So this comes from actually, my brother in law texted to me. So, Mark, thank you very much, sir. Uh, he said, oh, you, you, this would probably be a good one for the, for the podcast. But it comes from MarketWatch and uh, it's an opinion piece. Um, and by Ben Carlson and he says, Americans love affair with pickup trucks might be derailing their retirement plans. Well, I'm just gonna offer up a spoiler. It is, it is definitely derailing your you know, retirement plans, meaning uh, it, it's hard to save for retirement when a, a vast majority of your money goes into, uh, not necessarily a truck payment, but any sort of payment. Now, I also do wanna differentiate I mean, I would still probably put up an argument. It would be a much less argument and and maybe not a very good argument. Um, So therefore I might not even make the argument at all. But if you're some sort of business owner and you're somebody that's saying, wait, no, I deliver stuff or you need a truck and you are using a truck in a business money generating sense, like I said, it, it, there, there's still a little give and take there because as a business owner or what have you, you wanna be very careful about paying interest on depreciating assets. I mean, if it's a piece of real estate, fine. Pay some interest on it because historically speaking, that that is going to grow in value. But a depreciating asset, you know, like you said, that's, that's a little bit different of a story, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. So all I'll say is that if you are a business owner, if you're using your truck all the time and it's literally making you money, so I don't know, I'm just told to make this up. If you haul stuff to and from job sites using that truck and you are charging per load, then okay, I can see how maybe some of this might make sense. But if you don't even fit anywhere close to that, then invert, right? Avoid doing this, it's not going to help you get success. It might, you know, it might cause a couple neighbors, it might cause a couple people that you drive by to say, oh, wow, that's that's nice. But if that's what you're after in life is for people to be like, oh, wow, look at him. Oh, wow, that's cool. If if that's like the the means by which you seek approval or build self-worth or build confidence, you know, I I don't have life figured out. I'm not gonna say that, but I, I, I can guarantee you there's better ways that, uh, you know you can you can bring about self worth and uh, build confidence rather than needing somebody to to think, you know think highly of you know your the the, the truck that you bring. And I should also know I don't have anything nice, against nice vehicles. I, I I don't. The the problem here is the the payment mechanism that's being used. So it, it has nothing to do. I mean if you can afford a Lamborghini, then by all means if that's what you want, go get a Lamborghini. But of course I threw in the the little asterisk there if you can't afford right. And you can't afford a Lamborghini if you need to take a loan out on it, okay? Because there's no practical purpose of a Lamborghini, uh, you know, that you would ever actually, you know, should be taking a loan on it. But so it's just interesting stat here from the article: there were 13.2 million new pickups sold from 2013 to 2019 in the U.S. with, and this is crazy, with monthly payments as much as $1,300 for each. Now that is a top portion of the range, to be fair, but. I don't know if I would ever thought the range would get that high, $1,300 for a car payment. And again, well, a truck payment. Remember, I mentioned this earlier, but this is a depreciating asset, meaning as time goes by, the truck, the vehicle is worth less and less and less. So if there was one, if you were to say, Clay, come up with a situation where it, and and you know, as as far as wealth building is concerned, as far as you know, taking control of your per- personal finances is concerned, come with come up with like some scenario where it would just be basically financial toxic, like just a toxic toxic situation. And I'd say, well, let me see. What about this? What about on something that goes down in value over time? Over that time, while it's going down in value, you have to pay interest on it. I mean, think about it. That's a pretty nasty situation, isn't it? From a, again, assuming from the angle of, I'm, I'm looking to build wealth, I want to take control of my personal finances, <laughs> price going down, yet you have to, or value going down, yet you have to still make payments on it. And part of those payments is interest, right? That's crazy. Now this is, and like I said, I don't, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but, I'm, I'm not bashing them as people. I'm bashing their decision making. And this is what needs to be avoided. So, uh, in the arc, uh, I'm not going to read that entire article, but uh, this person says The Wall Street Journal recently shared the story of a couple. So, a couple who was struggling because, and I, I emphasize couple because, as far as I can tell, it's not like they have a family, it's not like they have kids or anything like that. It's just a couple who was struggling because the pandemic has upended their jobs and income. To make matters worse, they're dealing with massive amounts of consumer debt. The article says the Denton, Texas couple pay $4,400 a month on their mortgage for car loans and leases and student debt. Mrs. W- uh, Scott White said, minimum required monthly credit card payments total about $700 and that's the minimum and quick recap on how credit cards work. If all you are paying is the minimum, there is a toilet bowl that's getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster in terms of just engulfing your money. And that's if you just are making the minimum. And this statistic here is that's the minimum. The minimum, again, the number that create that causes that toilet bowl to get bigger and faster is $700. Oh my, wow, that is scary which means what they probably owe is a whole lot more than that. I'll just speculate a little bit, but it's gonna be a whole lot more. If your minimum payment, 700. The debt was manageable pre-pandemic, she said. I, I don't know. I'd like to see how they're defining manageable. And let's just get to the point. I yes, you want things to be manageable, but I mean, it, it sounds like it should have been non-existent. I mean, what, what are these people spending their money on? Four car, I guess that really summarizes it. Four car loans, four for a couple. All right, so picking back up, let's see here. She deferred lease payments on the Infiniti QX60 for three months and started paying again with unemployed benefits. Her husband traded in his Ford F-150 in August for, a, and this is funny, for a lower cost car and reduces originally monthly payment of $820 by about 100. By about 100? Wow, it sounds like you sure just made a, a sacrifice there, my friend. Oh, you traded in your F-150 and for a lower cost car. Yeah, sounds like lower is not that much <laughs> lower. You reduce your payment by, and literally the, the word about is in the article, by about $100. So not much of a reduction there. And his income covers the $2,100 mortgage. That's crazy. I mean, think about these numbers. And I'm well aware, yes, this pandemic, coronavirus, it's just, a, it's a bizarre, it's a extremely historic thing that's come along. So I'm not trying to scare anybody into, hey, you never know when the next coronavirus is gonna, no, this is like just earth, quite literally earth shattering, historical proportions right now. But, and this is nothing new. This is nothing new as far as personal finance, as far as what I've said on the show for years now. But the whole idea of getting rid of debt is when something happens that's not favorable, and in this situation, quite unfavorable, but when something happens, you can weather the storm. You can just still keep living life. Now, maybe not living life as, as much as you were, but you're not sitting here basically drowning like these people are because they were just taking on crazy amounts of debt. And you know what what I found fascinating is you know that I want to go back to that word. You know while they still had their their jobs and everything, their debt was manageable. Well, why are you using credit cards then? Like if your job was good enough, then why do you need credit cards that you can't pay off? to the extent of a $700 monthly payment. So the other thing, avoid being delusional, okay? Because I'm not trying to be disrespectful to these people, but they're delusional. When you try to sit here and say, hey, things were manageable when we had our jobs, they were, then why did you even have to use a credit card if they were manageable? It sounds like to make things manageable, you were using a credit card, which by definition means they weren't manageable, right? I get it, you can sit here and say, well, yeah, my, my, my job, my income pays for the mortgage, pays for the, <laughs> the four cars, pays for the student loan. Yeah, so my income, it's, it's manageable. Now, granted, for the other things in life, we're having to use a credit card. Okay, well then, it's just not manageable. So I mean, delusion, again, invert. What would be something that would help you be successful? Well, to not be delusional, right? To just be self-aware and these people are not being self-aware. You need, and sometimes being self-aware is rough. It's not easy to do. You don't wanna blame the person in the mirror, but you know what? At least if you blame the person in the mirror, you know that that problem, while being the problem is also the solution, which is good, right? Because if the the problem is some external force, external boogeyman, well, then that's kind of a much scarier situation. But in this situation, no, nope. It's definitely just uh, them making some very uh, crazy decisions. So, picking back up with the article, for a 60-minute or excuse me, a, for a 60-month loan at 4%, that's a monthly pay, or that's a monthly payment in the $800 to $1300 range depending on your down payment. I mean, even at $800, that's crazy. And these numbers don't include extras like gas or insurance. That's a lot of money for a truck if you're not regularly using it on the job. I understand why it can be hard to save for many families. Some people simply don't make enough money. Others are bogged down with student loans and there are those who have seen their career or businesses upended by the 2019 or the 20, or 2009 financial crisis and 2020 pandemic. But there are certainly people out there who spend far more than they should on their vehicles and it's, and it's inhibiting their ability to get ahead financially. Adam Osmek, an economist at Upwork shared similar thoughts on Twitter. Osmek's hurdle rate for buying a or $40,000 car are a tough, wait, Osmic's hurdle rate for buying 40, a $40,000 car are a tough higher than mine. Oh, okay, are a touch higher than mine. I guess it's off to the eye doctor I go. That, that would be why that sentence wasn't making sense. Not tough, are a touch higher than mine. But the point remains that there are plenty of people driving expensive cars who don't have enough savings elsewhere, exactly. So this is not saying that, hey, if you're struggling financially, you know, it, it's every th- single thing, I get it. Some people just have bizarre situations and you know, and, and that goes in both extreme in cases, right? I mean, you can always cherry pick data points that, all right, yeah, that, that's just, that's an unfortunate situation. I'm not denying that unfortunate situations exist because no matter what argument you are ever having, no matter what debate you may be a part of, on both sides, mind you, on both sides, There's going to be little data points that you can cherry pick, little situations. But at the core, the general rule of thumb here is that there is so much opportunity in our country. And in this situation, people, it's as simple as, and it doesn't need to be complicated, it's as simple as people going out there, purchasing, well, not even purchasing, taking on debt for things they truly don't need and very clearly can't afford. And that's what's holding these people back. It's not the system that's rigged against you. It's not anything that's rigged against you or you know, I, you just can't get ahead, woe was me. Well, yeah, what was you and your car payment that you chose to do? I mean, a $1,300 car payment, having credit cards, where the minimum is $700 is crazy. And then under this category called spending priorities, I know I shouldn't judge other people's spending habits, but I'm constantly looking at decked out trucks and SUVs on the road and thinking to myself, I wonder if that person maxes out their 401k or do they have an emergency fund set up because you can't spend that Land Rover in a pinch. I I'm I think the same way of these people, <laughs> You know, I'm like, huh, they're either ex- doing extremely well in life or they got a lot of debt. That, that's kind of what I like to look at people. And that's really the conclusions is, because you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're just killing it in life. That's all paid for in cash. Well done. I applaud you. I'm happy for you. Can I can I talk with you maybe? Iron sharpens iron. I maybe, but or, huh? Are you just uh? Are you just like I said, drowning in debt like uh, this couple here from Texas? The difference between the monthly payment on a $45,000 vehicle and a $20,000 vehicle is basically enough to max out your individual retirement account or your IRA in a given year. And let's keep in mind here that's a $20,000 car here. So, I mean, a $20,000 vehicle, that's not like you're driving around in a a bucket of bolts that's getting ready to completely fall apart. Now, if this was the difference between a $45,000 car and a $500 car, okay. And you know, what? some times, I, I think people should start off with a $500 car. But I mean, it's not, to give this person credit, it's not like the example here and the numbers here are are some sort of, well under that premise of the argument you would have to be driving in some bucket of bolts no not at all I mean twenty thousand dollars but again that that difference that choice is enough to max out a retirement account driving an inexpensive car is one of the biggest levers people can pull to free themselves up financially to save more yes exactly and I I I feel bad because I've I guess I don't feel bad. There's only so much you can say in the world of personal finance before you just start repeating yourself over and over again. But yes, I've done plenty of episodes on used cars, inexpensive cars, cars that you can pay cash for. It's also true that the good feelings you get from buying a more expensive vehicle are fleeting. Researchers from the University of Michigan studied drivers of a BMW, Honda Accord, and Ford Escort. During a short trip test as a test drive, people reported more positive feelings for a luxury brand like a BMW. This is because you're hyper aware about all the features that come in a more expensive ride during that initial drive. Well, so I mean, human psychology, right? Just be aware of it. And then the next part, the happiness factor. But once people begin taking the cars for longer trips, those feelings all but evaporated. The correlation of positive feelings to the price of the car was essentially zero. Once you get behind the wheel enough times, the novelty wears off and it becomes more about traffic, other drivers on the road and getting from point A to B. The law of diminishing return. Good old fashioned, one of my favorite economic principles out there. Yeah, that first time the test drive, you know, before you purchase it, unfortunately, your emotions, your feelings, oh, you feel great. This is fantastic. I'm in a luxury brand. Yeah, I know it costs a lot more, but I feel great. And then, and this is again, this is not my opinion. This is, you know, from us uh, research. Uh, so there is money spent to learn this principle here and to kind of start to figure this out. But I mean, really, it's not shocking. I think we've all been there. That first bite of that Krispy Kreme glazed donut, whoo, so good. The law of diminishing return. That bite of the 12th Krispy Kreme donut, if you're still at donut number 12, for me at least, oh, that would not be pleasant. That would be nasty by that point. Same thing here, so it also kind of makes you laugh. Like, did you really need to spend research dollars to figure out that, you know, the, the law of diminishing return actually exists? But it is still super interesting to know that there are positive feelings about the price, or the p- positive feelings to the price of the car was basically zero. So in other words, at the peak, when it's decision-making time to purchase something, your emotions are booming, and then, after you make the purchase and with vehicles, it's not like you can take it back. Well, things are just dropping, 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 you know, and in terms of your feelings that why well, I guess multiple ways. Not only are your emotions, not only are your positive feelings dropping, so is the value of your of your asset, right? It's a depreciating asset. That's a cup some cruel irony there. Yeah, despite your positive feelings dropping, it's not like, oh, well, at least your car payment drops in proportion with your positive feeling. No. Nope. Your car payment stays the exact same while the overall value drops and drops and drops. And I've done this many times before, and I'm just gonna say this to close things up in briefing, but the amount, and I would, I would, I would encourage you to just do this, you know, that way you can experiment with it on your own. Just run a Google search, IRS uh, uh, compounding interest calculator. So IRS compounding interest calculator, they, they offer a fantastic site that just makes compounding. and. The, the site's pretty self-explanatory. You enter in like four numbers and just look at the number and be like, all right, if I get a cheaper car or if I, how about this? Don't even have a car payment at all. And that would save me $500. And enter in five, you over 10 years, 20 years, that saved car payment is literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm not exaggerating either. We, it'll ask you for an interest rate, put in 8%. 8% that's, or, let's just err on the side of caution. Let's do 7%, 7% and that, whatever that amount is. Now, if it's $50, okay, that's, but I mean, even a hundred, $200. What? and taking the numbers here, what happens if these people just paid for something in cash and save themselves the, what was it? The original, I don't remember this, uh, 44. Oh, they never really said what the it breaks down to, but the range there, Oh, no, it says, it's so his a payment was $820 at first. Um, put $820 in the calculator. That is gonna be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars over 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, you put it, put it at 40 years, that's probably millions of dollars. And all that was is a decision to not go out there and buy, not even buy, because you're not, you're to, to rent. That's all it is, right? You're renting it from, the financer, which is why, as Kevin O'Leary says, which I love, the, the most powerful people on the balance sheet are the debt holders, right? Because they, they're the ones who own everything. Uh, until you actually pay off the debt, yeah, you're just renting from whatever you're trying to pay off. Uh, but just keep that in mind. Invert, right? Taking on all these crazy payments. Don't, or be self-aware, right? Don't be delusional, if you're not delusional, if you invert and you avoid being delusional, that means you are self-aware. And self-aware people are not gonna be like, well, we are doing just fine until all this, until the pandemic hit. Then why do you have credit card debt? Like why, you weren't doing just fine. So just keep that in mind. Hopefully it helps, some crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, invert, think about things, look at things in terms of well, what should I not be doing? And then just don't do those things. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself,